0: Welcome to Three Tales Max, the chronicles of my life. And I'm putting this together for really my family. The reason I call this Three Tales Max is if you hear more than three of these tales at one time, I guarantee you're going to say, that guy's lying, that cannot possibly be true. Well, this is the truth as I remember it. An autobiography, a recap of my life, the chronicles of Three Tales Max. Doctors, oh my lord! Doctors, not, uh, not my favorite thing in the world to go see the doctor. As I've probably told you before, or you know, I'm into several seasons, second season now. I don't know if I said this or not before, but I literally go to the hospital. I go to the park and get out of the park car in the parking lot, and I most of the time I puke, right there. I don't like doctors. I've told you some stories about some doctors, well. These are some more stories about doctors. I want to start back at the beginning. This might be where most of my fear started. So I grew up in this small town USA. Small town USA. Lots of great things. That was many years ago. A lot of fun. We had a doctor who was the guy. He was not some rich millionaire kind of doctor guy he was a general practitioner in a small town rural usa he did everything he delivered babies he you know know, pronounced dead all that kind of everything in between that's just the way it was with him oh boy and what a man you used to look at him he probably was six foot eight seven feet tall maybe maybe weighed 130 pounds Oh my lord, big guy. Big tall guy. Oh man, it's like you had a cold and you went to see this guy. You know, you went down to see the doc. Well, it was like a room in his house. It was kind of like a front room. It's kinda of like it was almost like an office space, kinda, of, I guess, but looked like it was kinda of converted part of the house. It's been a long, long time ago since I've been there. But you go in there and he'd call you in What's wrong, Max? Like he knew you by name. There was no appointment. You know, you called the wife up and said to you you had a problem and you wanted to go see the doc and you show up. You know, there's no waiting room. There's you know, wasn't like that. This guy did what he needed to do when he needed to do it. Now oh, I got a cold or uh, you know, I, you know, okay, here do that. I mean, he had a medical degree. He wasn't some you know hack off the street just doing doctor stuff. But boy, he was not a smooth talker. He was kind of gruff and rough and, you know, are you sick? If you're not sick, what are you doing here wasting my time if you're not sick? I want to say he said that. I don't think he ever did, but I feel like he had said that to me. I I remember going with my father. Like I said, my father and his brother and dad owned a trucking company and they drove trucks and uh, long, so forth and so on. But there came a time when you had to have a cdl driver's license you know i don't even know what's the the acronym cdl stands for all i know is if you're going to drive like big truck 18 wheeler kind of trucks you need to have this thing and you have to have a physical for it and you have to have a doctor sign off in order to get this cdl license or certificate um, i i don't have one so i don't know the ins and outs of it but if you want to be a truck driver or drive a truck You have to have this thing. Well, I think it was my father's blood pressure. There was some thing that they had issue with that they didn't want to give him the CDL. this, This whole trucking company thing is his life, man. He's got a, you know, well, part of his life. He had many other jobs going on, as you know, I've told you about. He calls up Doc, says, Hey, Doc, you give me a, you know, a physical for my CDL? I think that's what it was. It had to be a physical. Yeah, come on down tomorrow, you know, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I'll be done fishing. I be, should be home by then. It's just the way this guy was. So, it's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I got home from work, or I got home from school, and, you know, Dad and I went down to the docks. I, I don't know, you know, he still had his fishing hat on, and his boots, rod, and, and basket were in the driveway, or not driveway, but in this, like, Front yard between the car and where he went. By the way, he drove a a VW Beetle, an old one. Okay, I mean an old one. So yeah, you know, whatever. He coming in there has hat on. He didn't have any. You know, no white coat. No, no. What's what's wrong, boy? He's like, I need a, I need a CDL physical. He's like, you got the paperwork? Yeah. He's like, I know you. Give me the paperwork. He signed off of it. Handed back's like, get out of here. I gotta go clean fish. Okay, welcome to the small town rural doctor. As I know you, uh, you know, I've been to your house, you never called me, you're, you're fine. You can drive You can drive tractor trailer, I've been seeing you doing it all these years, do it. Okay. Well, that's kind of this guy, the doc. When I was a young boy, you know, we played outside, you know, we were doing all this stuff. And so we were outside, I was at my grandfather's house, my grandfather in the small town I grew up in. And we were playing around and my grandfather kind of lived the base of this, this hill. I wouldn't say it's like a mountain, but it's, you know, it's pretty good grade. So when you go on your bicycle and you start down this hill, like, you know, as a kid, you're, you're flying, man. You're like in a jet plane going down this hill. And we're like, so I'm small. I'm like eight, 10 years old. We're playing around there. And there's this ditch that paralleled my grandfather's property. Okay. And then. You know, it's open ditch, and there's always stuff falling out of it. And we're in the ditch throwing stuff around and goofing off. And all of a sudden, here comes this guy, this kid. We don't like him. Boy, is he a nasty kid. He is mean. He's nasty. You know, he pulls the hair off a cat's tail if he would let him. He's on his bicycle. He's coming in. He has a start coming down this hill. And he's going in, and you can see him coming. Now, we're not talking like this bicycle of today. We're talking about like this big old balloon tire, you know, the bicycle weighs half your weight, right? There's no gears. There's no nothing. There's one set of gears. It's chain drive. Here we come. He's coming down that hill and you can see him starting to wobble. He's going too fast. Going way too fast. So he's wobbling. All of a sudden he hits this area where we were throwing his stuff out of the ditch up on the road. Okay. And I don't know why, but instead of trying to go straight, he starts wobbling, and he falls. He ditches it. He dumps it. He's on the road. Asphalt rash, here I come, okay? You know, face meet the road. And we're just, oh, my God. He's dead. You know, he's, he's rolling. You know, he's going ass over ten cups, man. He was done. He was done. We knew he was dead. And there's like two or three of us kids, and we don't know what we're talking about. I have no idea but he's like laying half in a ditch and half on the main road and we're scared out of our minds we're just we're just standing there we don't want to do there's no cell phones there's no 911 you know my my grandparents weren't even home you know the neighbors across the street weren't there this is the middle of the day they're working Ew, what are we gonna do all, all of a sudden here comes the od green volkswagen beetle with doc in it he's coming down the road and he sees us, he sees a kid laying on the road, you know. and He pulls over, he gets out, and it was like, oh man, look at this guy. He's finally, you know, the doctor's here, he's going to pronounce him dead. So the doc gets out. And remember, this guy's six, six plus, I don't know. And to me, it was, you know, 10 foot tall I was a little kid. Walks over, looks at him, this kid laying down there, and kind of like touching his face and he's not bleeding. He's feeling his arms like anything broken, anything going on. He's like, how's this feel? How's that feel? Can you see me? Whatever. Pretty soon, and we're standing back, you know, we're still listening to him, but you know, the two or three kids that we're, we're playing together, we're standing back. All of a sudden, Doc grabs the kid. Now, he's might weigh 7,500 pounds, grabs him by the scruff of the shirt, picks him up. His feet are like dangling almost. He's, he's on his tiptoes. Doc takes a backhand across the side of his face. Bam! Why are you doing this? What's wrong with you? You're just trying to make everybody feel stupid. Get up, get on that bike, and get out of here. You're just fine. And he did. Uh, you know, we're crapping our pants. The doctor just hit his kid in the face. He's dead. He should have been going to a hospital somewhere, to the morgue. Welcome to small-town doctors and probably the beginnings of of my anxiety and fears of going to the doctor. Not a good thing, not a good thing. A fear of doctors, but look, doctors do stuff that scare me. They shouldn't be doing this crap, all right? I, so I'm, you know, I'm a young man, I've been dating Alice for a while now. We dated like know, five, eight years before we got married. You know, we're having a good time. And Alice came from a large family and, and you know, she was raised by a single mom. Her father had died when he was like 40 years old. So we're talking about marriage. Alice and I. And Alice looks at me and is like, look, Max, I am not going to marry you unless you get a physical. I'm like, what do you mean? I don't need a physical. She's like, we've been talking about this. You haven't been to the doctor since you were 16, all right? You had, I had to go to the doc, the hometown doc to get a physical for my driver's license. Kind of like my dad's, you know. I's like, here, I, I know you, boy. I brought you into this world. Here, here's a physical, signed off. Go get your driver's license. By the way, I've seen you driving. You know, that's kind of stuff. Because I was driving. I was driving long before I was 16. I was driving when I was 10 years old. On the main road with a real car. Anyways, that's another story. Alice is like, I've heard those stories. You know, I've heard of how you, you know, you went with your dad and you got your grandfather's car, you know, out in the middle of nowhere and you drove it home by yourself. He's like, I don't care. I I don't care about any of that. She's like, you got to have a physical. i got to know who I'm marrying and what type of physical shape you're in well look I was a young strapping boy man I had been working construction I was you know probably I don't know maybe 150 pounds six to muscular tan blonde curly hair man I was I was it at least in my mind I I was healthy I didn't do any of this She's like okay She's like, you don't get a physical she says I'm not marrying you. It's that simple. Well, okay. I love Alice. And God love her. She knows what's best for me more than I do. So, I go to the doctors. Now, this guy, holy moly. I'm not living in small town USA anymore. I'm in a town of, I don't know, uh, know 45,000 people. Maybe 50,000 people. It's a fairly, you know, nice little town. So, I have to go to her family doctor. She trusts this guy. Well, this guy's a hundred, right? And I mean, he is creepy looking. He's just, ugh, okay. I go. There's like, well, I gotta make an appointment? I gotta sit in a waiting room. What's this crap all about? You know? It's like, what do you mean? Like I gotta like pay you a an exorbitant fee to give me a physical? You know, my jock used to do it for five bucks. No, not anymore. So I go in there. And we go through the whole spiel, da 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 da. You know, it's just like it's like a normal physical, up to the end, where he does the part about checking your prostate. Now, I had never gone through this. My doc had never done this to me. Right? I had no idea what was happening, nor about what was about to happen. I thought this was probably the norm until I left. So he's like, all right. He says it's time to check your prostate. Okay, what are we gonna do? So I'm sitting there, you know, nothing in my BVDs, just sitting there, you know, looking, you know, beautiful, like any young, gorgeous man with curly blonde hair would look. He's like, all right, get off the get off the table, turn around, drop your drawers to your ankles, and bend over that table. I'm like what? He's like, yeah, I've got to check your prostate, and I have to go through your anus to do that. I'm like what? What do you mean you're gonna go through my anus you're not doing that he's like yeah he says i am i said well what do you mean how are you gonna do this he's like, I'm going to i'm gonna examine you I'm Like, all right i guess i have to so i'm laying down on the table all of a sudden i hear he's put on a rubber glove i hear the glove snap snap and all of a sudden he jammed his fist i know it was his fist into my rear end so hard when he wiggled his fingers it tickled the back of my tongue. I was on my tippy toes always grabbing a hold of the sides of that table. I wouldn't scream. You're not going to make me scream. That doesn't hurt that bad. But it hurts. And my God did it hurt. And he's in there and he's wiggling around and stuff and he's like chuckling to himself. All I heard was a glove snap. The next thing I hear that's real voice not my voice in my head going what is going on to your rear end? He's like yeah, it seems like everything's pretty good in there. I'm pretty good at examining prostrate. I'm like, oh, yeah? Well, what's, what do you mean by that? He's like, well, some people say I've got the longest finger in the state. I'm like, finger? What are you talking about? He's chuckling. He's laughing. Finally, he's like, I couldn't take it anymore. I mean, he'd had his fist in my arse for, I don't know, hour and a half, it seemed like. I was like, yeah, he, you know, he had his hand end up to his elbow. I could tell it hurt that bad. I just finally said, get your fist out of my ass. I am leaving here. He's like, I don't have my fist in your arse. It was just my finger. I was like, I don't care what it is. You get it out of there. That was the last time I've ever had a prostate exam. I don't, I don't have them anymore. I, I mean, come on. Well, it's, it's just not appropriate to talk about how long your finger is when you have it in someone's rear end. I don't care what you say. And it hurt, man. It, it hurt Bad. Bad. <sighs> doctors issues problems man this is you know fast forward to within the last month i guess of my life Yeah, i write this reminder on my calendar everybody can see it you know i you know, it was this colon examination i had to go through this was this is probably 6 months ago well you know I kind of wrote it sloppily and I didn't think of it at the time. I could read my own handwriting, it's sloppy, but it said, you know, my buck reads this. And he's a pretty sensitive guy. And he said, he's like goes to Alice, to, goes to like, what's wrong with dad? And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, he has this appointment on his calendar. It says colon spray. What are they doing to dad? What's wrong with his colon? Why are they spraying it? i like, all right, it's not colon spray. What he was reading was what I wrote as cologne, spray type, right? Alongside of my doctor's appointment was also my shopping list for the future, right? So, that, you know, that had to be a, you know, a slip, a Freudian slip, you know? Anyways, um, I'm always scared when I go to doctor's, man. Always scared. This, Like I said, this is you know, a month ago. I gotta go to the doctor. Uh, we're This is right. Actually, we're during the the COVID lockdown kind of stuff right now. Still, still in it. Uh, right in the heart of it. And I, I, I gotta go to the doctor's. Man, I just. I, there's some things I had to look at. I mean, I'm, I'm afraid, but I, you know, I, I gotta go. I'm having some problems. You now, now, there's no longer am I that lean, mean, you know, fighting machine of pre-married to Alice. Yeah, you know? I'm a little bit fat. Right, but you know, I really had—I've lost some weight, and I'm feeling good about life. You know, there was a point in time a few years ago. You know, they—they're pretty sure I had a stroke. I didn't feel it, or no adverse conditions, whatever. Just it scared the tar out of me, right? So I'm sitting here at the doctor's office, and I got through all this, you know, health issues, whatever. And uh, finally, I said, "You know what, doc? I, I hate to say this, but I have a skin tag, and it's kind of in a in a weird location." Uh, would you take a look at it and see if it's, you know, you know, cancerous? So he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll take a look at it. So like, where is it? I said, so my butt. I said, he's like, okay, well, just drop your pants. Now, look, I've had really bad experiences with dropping my pants, okay, and I've talked about a lot of them uh, in doctor's offices. Other times I've dropped my pants and it turned out just right, but I wasn't in the doctor's office, right? So I drop my pants, and he's looking at it, and you hear him go, Okay, so I could tell, I knew from this skin tag, that it was bigger than normal. It was probably inch and a half long, probably the I don't know, maybe maybe five sixteenths, three eighths of an inch in diameter. It was hanging off my butt, you know, and it, I mean I couldn't sit very well, it hurt, you know. And, and you hear him, <gasps> you know, the doctor goes like that all of a sudden, yeah, you know, things aren't good, you know. He says he says he says, Boy, that's a big one. But in my mind, I hear him say, Boy, that's a big one. If there were a little bit more hair in your ass, I'd think that was a tail. That's what I heard. That's not what he said. Anyways, uh, you know, your mind runs wild when you're in a doctor's office and you hear him gasp, you know, or him say, "I got the longest finger in the state." You know, those are not things you want to hear from a doctor. <sighs> doctors, man, but you know, it's it's good. Like, look. A handful of years ago, I was, I, I, I was you know, Alice was like, look, you've got to go to the doctor. So there's a problem, problem with your sleep. You know, you might have sleep apnea. Well, there's this whole, like, aura around sleep apnea, right? It's just a farce. It's just, you know, a designer way of getting your money or whatever. But, look, it's a real thing, man. And, and you know, you can die from this stuff if you, you know, don't catch your breath in the right amount of time and you're sleeping. I mean, that's what happens. So sleep apnea is you're you're sleeping, you're snoring real hard, and all of a sudden, you know, boom, you you don't breathe anymore, and you die. You don't suffocate, but your heart stops. And this is it's some serious stuff. I did some some reading about it, uh, and this my my children were small at the time, when I um, had done this, but um, I didn't believe them. So Alice, the smart woman that she is, she taped me one night sleeping. And That's all I needed when I heard myself snoring. And how I would stop and gag and barf and throw up or whatever, in the middle of the night. Uh, I knew there was something wrong. I had to go see about this sleep apnea thing. So, I go to the go to the doctors. This is a hospital. Um, the doctor sends me to the hospital to have the sleep test done. What if you don't know what a sleep apnea test is? You basically show up in the evening, about nine o'clock at night, and. Somebody puts, you know, sensors on your body, your legs, and your chest, and your face, and neck, and whatever. And they, they actually put this mask on you, and and um, it has this tube hooked up to it. And you know, they, I call it a blow tube, right? Because it's just basically like an air hose, man. They turn it on and blows air in your throat, um, and that's for the end of the test. You know, they, they have to figure out what's going on with you. So what they do is they monitor. I don't know if they monitor eyes or whatever, but they, they have some way of monitoring what, uh, what you call REM sleep, which is, which is. Okay, I'm not a doctor, I probably have this screwed up, but basically that's where you really sleep. So if you have sleep apnea, like a, a slight case of sleep sleep apnea would be you go into and out of REM, uh, again, I won't have the numbers right, maybe three times or five times in the evening, in the nighttime of sleep, And if it's really bad, you know, if it's moderately bad, maybe it's 10. Again, this is, I'm pulling numbers. I don't know what these numbers mean. And if it's like, you know, oh, my God, you know, you you, you have some severe sleep apnea. I think it's like, I think it's really 35 or 40 times that you go in and out of REM. Now, you don't sleep or do you feel rested until you get to REM sleep. All that other stuff doesn't count so i go there and i'm laying down i I, look i had heard myself alice had taped me i knew it was bad so i uh i get up the next day and i'm like i just can't you know i just can't deal with this i don't know you know a week and a half for the doctor interpret this thing look these guys know what's going on they've been around this before and i knew that it all hinged on how many times you went in and out of REM sleep and, you know, these technicians are not supposed to tell you anything. And they really didn't tell me much, but they told me enough. Um, and I saw, you know, I'm i getting dressed, you know, getting ready to go. And I said to the technician, I was like, um, so how bad was it? How many times did I go in and out of REM sleep? He said, oh, you know, a lot. So I'm not really supposed to say much. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, Yeah, you, you have sleep apnea. I went, okay, so now i got to spend two weeks waiting for the doctor to interpret this thing and figure out that I got in and out forty times and out of you know REM sleep. So finally the doctor comes around time for me to come around and go see him and I go in his office and I'm talking to him about it and he looks at me and he says, Did you ever fall asleep like driving down the road setting a stop sign? Like, no. I said, he said, Do you ever, you know, fall asleep in mid sentence talking to somebody? He's like, No. He's like, "Do you like find yourself eating a meal and all of a sudden you wake up and an hour and a half has passed?" I'm like, "No, I don't do any of that." He's like, "I don't know how you're functioning." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "I have no idea how a human being can function for as many times as you have went in and out of REM sleep and you this has been going on for, for a year." He's like, "I don't know how you can function." I So well, how many times have I went in and out of REM sleep?" He says, "You hold the record." He says, I've been doing this for a long time. He says, you went in and out 151 times. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, 151 times. He's like, you shouldn't be able to walk. I'm like, oh, I did. You know, I I don't know what to tell you. He's like, well, we turned on the blow tube, right? He said, we had it cranked up to the highest pressure possible and still couldn't get you to go into REM sleep and stay there. So this what this blow tube does it pressurizes your your system right it pressurizes your throat and keeps the throat clear. Uh, I, again I don't know all the specifics of it but the, the, the blow tube is a big deal like they, they had it at high pressure the highest pressure possible which I don't know it was 120 psi or if it was five psi I don't know what it was he's like I he says I don't know what we're gonna do so we might have to consider surgery I was like no 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 surgery for me you're not you're not cutting me so I came in with this and God gave it to me, and I'm going to leave with all this. You ain't cutting any of it off, unless it's a tail on my rear. But he's like, look, he's like, I don't know what we're going to do. So we jock it around, whatever. Finally, he found, found out that the mask that they had put on me during the sleep portion of the test uh, didn't really fit very well. So I just got a mask that fit me, and I still have a fairly high pressure on my CPAP or my BiPAP machine. I use it, I sleep with it every night and I'll tell you what. I have never slept so well ever in my life. Even when I was a young man, of course, when I was young, I was drunk most of the time, but you know, now I mean I just I lay down, and go to sleep. I'm like one of those little dolls, you know, as you lay down and my head hits the piddle, pillow, my eyes close and I don't wake up till the sun rises. So, folks, you know, again, bottom line here, the take home message, get over your fears and go to the doctors. It's a positive thing. It's a positive experience, and they will help you. Uh, During this time of uh, the COVID-19, the the coronavirus stuff, it's more important than anything. And these doctors and nurses and and, and, uh, EMTs and and firemen and policemen are all risking their life to help us, okay? And and remember, they are helping us. Um, Sure, there's something you don't like about some people, maybe, that that goes without saying. We're human. We're going to have likes and dislikes. Take care of yourself, take care of your body, and stay healthy, man. That's all for now, folks. This is Three Tails Max signing off. It's not my...